I was very eager one day last summer to put my lawn chair in the sand beside the pond. It had been an intense day. Most of my days, I am able to work one or maybe two parts of my brain in, a great, in great detail over the course of several hours, but there are some days which I think every part of my brain has been exercised. And I would like to see a brain scan of those kind of days because I'm exhausted by the end of them. The variety that comes into the office and comes across my desk works me on every side. And it had been one of those days. I took my lawn chair and put it beside a friend and engaged him in conversation and told him that it had been an intense day. I didn't go into any details, but described in kind of chunks the variety of work of that day. And after he listened, he said, a little dismissively, well, you picked it. To which I responded, did I? I don't ever remember deciding to be a priest. It was an unfolding, a series of events, just a, a saying yes to the next thing that led me to that moment where I was standing before the bishop, which seemed like the very next thing to do. And I love being a priest, but I don't ever remember deciding to be a priest. To enter into ordained ministry is a sacramental relationship with God, and it is somewhat similar to the sacrament of marriage where perhaps those of you that are married remember that it just started off as one conversation, right? And then all of a sudden you find yourself at the altar and it seemed like the next thing to do. Who could foresee what's coming down the pike over many years in different variations of life? Indeed, that is a calling. Marriage is a calling. The ordained life is a calling. And both of them call us into servanthood in a way different than maybe we'd ever understood before. That's a theme in our scripture this morning, servanthood, that commitment of serving another. And I think the only way servanthood can be carried out in its truest form is when it's rooted in love. It's impossible to carry out servanthood in a faithful way unless it's rooted in love. This season of January reminds me of something that I'm missing. I'm missing Downton Abbey. The series was over last year, and I was sad to see it go, but I think you recall, those of you that tuned in, that there was an emphasis on servanthood as part of that conversation. Was that the highest calling? People wondered and questioned it. Most definitely, it gave people an identity as they linked their role with that of the manor and the lord of that manor. They understood themselves as servants. And it was out of their love for their lord that they were quick to respond when the bell rang. We see in our Old Testament lesson today and in our gospel lesson what it means to be a servant. In our Old Testament le lesson, it's from Isaiah, and this is the second of the four servant songs that we'll be reading over these weeks of Epiphany, where the servant sings of God's call on his life and his response to God out of his love for God. We read that he obviously didn't pick it. It was something that chose him even before he was born. 
and he carries out his life in servanthood to God. Those that read the Gospel of John would have been familiar with this passage of Scripture and even familiar with the whole Jesus story because John's Gospel was written 50 years, approximately 50 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. 50! That's a generation. And so they see in Jesus' invitation to those that come to follow him that they are taking up the role of servanthood. I'm reminded of servanthood and what is necessary for it, even on this particular weekend, when we remember Martin Luther King Jr. tomorrow, by a day of national observance. And in reflecting on the work of his life, we notice that it's incomplete. But I am grateful for the annual reflection the annual invitation to consider again what it means to live into the life that he articulated so beautifully. One free from oppression. One that liberates the poor, the broken. This is the words, these are the words of the gospel, and Dr. King gave them to a modern audience, and they still have relevance to us today. Dr. King demonstrated what it was to be a servant and how necessary and essential loving God was to get it right. The two great commandments, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself, are linked. And our love of neighbor is grounded in our love of God. It's only when we grow in our love of God that we even have the capacity to love our neighbor as ourself. Because if we try the reverse order, we realize the limitations of our love. People are hard. They're tricky. They can be frustrating and annoying. We can recognize their limits and even our own. But grounded in the love of God, we grow the capacity to love our neighbor as ourselves. Dr. King demonstrated a life of servanthood. In fact, we don't even know him apart from his life of servanthood. That's how we know him. The same is true of Rosa Parks. She had the privilege of living a long life, but we know her through her servanthood. She wasn't the first to decide to sit in an open seat in the front of the bus when the back was already full. There were other people who had done the same, other African Americans that had decided to take the open seat in the front. But Rosa Parks was the one who could withstand the scrutiny of the public eye. And so she went out in front and became a servant to how it is that we could change the world for the better. We only know her through her servanthood. Rosa Parks wouldn't be a name any of us would know except through her servanthood. Servanthood defines us, and each of us have something that we serve. We can't not. There is some bell that rings that makes us jump up. We're invited to reflect on that individually, and it will reveal to us our successes and our joys and our passions, and it also might reveal to us our limitations and our fears and our frustrations. I hope that we don't resist the time of reflection because we don't want to acknowledge our fears and frustrations and limitations. 
we are invited to consider who it is we serve and how that servanthood defines us. In our gospel lesson today, as people came to follow Jesus, they found themselves. The last sentence in the scripture appointed for today is the renaming of Simon. He has a new identity in his servanthood. We are invited to consider the same. Christ came into the world to bring a light to all nations. I'm reminded of the passage in Luke's gospel when Simeon, a faithful Jewish man, beholds Jesus coming into the temple just as a child and says these words. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Do you hear the echoes of Isaiah in Simeon's words? Jesus is the one we have been waiting for. I can rest in peace, Simeon says. I have beholded the one who will take God's saving message to the coastlands, all the ways to the end of the earth. No person will be outside of this redeeming, of God's redeeming love and this anointed one, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. We have to work out, you and I, our own salvation from this position, I can't give you instructions about how to do that because each of you is different. And each of you is wrestling with your own challenges to consider how it is that you serve God and how you can serve God more deeply. So from this position, I'm not going to give you any instruction about what to do. There's not a perfect formula. I can point you to spiritual practices. I can share with you the tradition. I can enlighten you to the scriptures but you've got to put it together yourself. But what I can do as priest and rector of this congregation is help us collectively be the place that helps you work out your salvation, that invites you into those practices, that study of scripture, that awareness of the tradition, and allows you to take it into yourself so that you can remember who it is that you serve. This is the work of us together. This is the work we're going to be engaged in during this visioning year. We have a new season upon us, this next step in our life together. And we must consider together how it is that we are servants of God, collectively as St. Stephen's Church. How we are the body of Christ who is the Godhead. I want to leave you with some words from John's Gospel. These, is, these are the words of Jesus. It's from the 15th chapter, and he's speaking them to his disciples after he's washed their feet. Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you 
And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Amen.